0: the definition of a holiday mashup is around the holidays we get some good friends and good podcasters and some good audience members together and all just kind of mash all of our shows and our ideas and our guests and our audiences together for three big fun holiday events and i don't know if that really means anything at all but that's why it's a mashup
1: i believe we're live is that true dan i believe it's true I'm Jared Easley, and I want to welcome everybody to the holiday mashup. Yeah, this spirit is getting in the way. Uh, <laughs> ho, ho, ho to everybody out there, and happy holidays. I hope everybody had a good Thanksgiving. Okay, that said, today we're fortunate to have a few people on our panel, and I'm going to introduce them real quick. The first one is Cynthia Sanchez, and Cynthia is addicted to Pinterest. She is a former radiation oncology nurse, who has starved the doubts to become a full-time social media consultant helping businesses and entrepreneurs find their way to success, specifically with Pinterest, and Cynthia is the host of the Oh So interesting podcast, Dan Franks and Joe Cassandra. Dan and Joe are the hosts of the popular podcast, Entrepreneur Showdown, with outstanding guests such as Ryan Lee, Natalie Sisson, Pat Flynn, John Lee Dumas, Jarl Stark. Joe is a fan of the University of the Georgia Bulldogs. He comes from a family of 11 kids and he lived in Ireland. And Dan Franks is a no kidding former professional wrestler, uh, which is very Pinteresting to me.
2: Ah, so, Cynthia,
1: Dan, and Joe, welcome to the holiday matchup. Hello. So glad Hi, Santa. to be here. Hello. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> uh, real quick, uh, Dan, would you be willing maybe to tell the audience what the heck is a holiday mashup?
0: Well, I think the definition of a holiday mashup is around the holidays we get some good friends and good podcasters and some good audience members together and all just kind of mash all of our shows and our ideas and our guests and our audiences together for three big fun holiday events. And I don't know if that really means anything at all, but that's why it's a mashup.
1: Exactly. Joe, what are some reasons uh, people should not just watch the mashup tonight, but also follow up next week and the week after?
3: Well, we're going to have different topics that we're each going to hit on because we each have expertise, per se, in certain areas. So this week we're going to talk about one thing. Next week we're going to talk about a different thing. And then, of course, Cynthia, will finish it off. But we're each going to have a different format according to our show. So you're going to want to stay tuned for that because it's going to be off the chain, off the hizzle. So you're going to want to stay tuned for that.
2: (laughs) I don't know if I've ever been a part of anything like that. Is it okay? Will my mom approve? (laughs)
3: <laughs> Your mom will approve.
2: Okay, Just, okay, apologize. good. I'm there.
1: Apologize later. Don't ask for permission
0: now. Apologize later. <laughs>
2: there I'm you saying. go. like that.
1: Cynthia, would you be willing to tell the audience a little bit about the prep that we've gone into over the last couple of weeks in terms of branding and marketing this humble event?
2: Well, we've kind of been through a few things, and I'm really happy to say that we've actually added a big portion of visual elements to the whole thing. We started off by making that fun jib-jab video, and uh, that was a lot of fun to see. If 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 anybody (laughs) listening or watching right now hasn't seen that jib-jab video, go on over to holidaymashup.net, and you'll see it there. And you'll see us all having a great time dancing and being elves and doing all sorts of silly things. And that elf has got better moves than I do in (laughs) real life, so I'm kind of jealous in a way. And we've created some graphics, we've hit Twitter, we've hit Facebook, we've hit Google+, we've hit Pinterest. And so the few weeks that we've put the kind of really announced this and advertised this, I think we, we've done a really good job. And we're getting some interaction here on our Google page right now as the event is going live. And I'm really excited to see what happens when this actually goes out on your podcast and how this all works out for us. I think it's a really good thing that we're coming together at the holidays.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. Joe actually alluded to that. Each of the Google Hangouts are ultimately going to be on our different podcasts. So this week, of course, we're going to take the or borrow the format from the show that I host, which is called Starve the Doubts. And when I usually interview a guest on my show, some of you have heard my show, I like to ask a very specific question. And so we're going to go ahead and do that as a part of our mashup tonight. And I'm going to start with you, Joe. What is the best concert that you have ever been to?
3: Well, I went to – this could be a long story. I'll try to keep it as short as possible. But (laughs) my family lives in Georgia, and I was visiting for, I don't know, like Christmas or something, and my dad had bought tickets to – a Boston and Sticks concert. Classic rock type stuff for all you young kitties. <laughs> but he, he was going to go with one of my younger brothers. But he figured that my younger brother would have more fun if I went than with him. It's kind of sad. But I knew that he really wanted to go. So I went. And I like Boston and Sticks. And I went to the concert. And they were having like a karaoke type thing. Like you could sing one of the Boston or Sticks songs. And this was in front of like thousands of people. And I... You could win something, for, like some band merchandise or whatever. So I went up, and I sang More Than a Feeling, and I won the karaoke, and I got a shirt from my dad, and I brought it to him as kind of like a token, because he didn't get to go. So that was... The, and the music was good, too, but that's what I remember most from that concert.
1: I was not aware that you were musically inclined.
3: I'll sing you a couple bars, Jared. Jared.
1: <laughs> wow we bring the full package entertainment wow. too I guess let's go over to Dan Dan do you have a favorite concert
0: I think your first is always the one you remember the most as they say and uh, my first one was um, at the young adolescent age of 13 or 14 years old and it was Britney Spears and it was oh. pretty awesome um,
3: you went to Britney Spears <laughs>
0: and I was definitely singing hit me baby one more time it was uh, it was everything I hoped for and more as a young uh, 13 or 14 year old boy and um it was a lot of fun, but yeah, Britney Spears, no regrets.
1: Did she sing, Sometimes I Run?
0: Uh, sometimes she
1: hides. <laughs> <No. Okay. laughs> Cynthia, what about you?
2: Uh, for me, the most, I guess, overall entertaining best concert that I've ever been to would have to be Muse. Muse. I've seen them a couple of times uh, when they were here in the Dallas area. Uh, The first time I saw them, they were actually in a smaller place in Fort Worth. So it was a little bit more smaller venue, but the show was absolutely amazing. Then I saw them earlier this year at the American Airlines Center. Once again, just stellar show.
1: Awesome. All right, let's do a little finish this sentence. And, Joe, we're going to go back to you. The best Christmas gift that I received growing up was... I received a bass
3: guitar from my dad when I was in seventh grade and I taught myself how to play and that's how I taught myself pretty much. That's how I learned to teach myself things because that's what I do. I like to teach myself things and that's the first thing that I taught myself and I stuck with it to the surprise of my parents at set in seventh grade and so that was my best gift I received at Christmas. Slapping the bass.
1: Slapping the bass. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Dan, would you rather watch *It's a Wonderful Life* or *Miracle on 34th Street*? Well, every
0: time I see *It's a Wonderful Life* on TV at Christmas time, I definitely change the channel. So I, <laughs> do, I would say my answer would have to be *Miracle on 34th Street*. Now the question is, the old *Miracle on 34th Street* or the new one? Because I see uh-huh. in both ones. So Jared, which one do you prefer, the new *Miracle* or the old *Miracle*?
1: Well, I'm going to go with the classic, and uh, I actually like It's a Wonderful Life, so I'm a little disappointed that, that you're not a fan no, of that.
0: I see the black and white, and I just got to change the channel. It's uh, too old for me. You know?
1: <laughs> Dan, what's an existing, current, relevant Christmas movie that you find entertaining?
0: The one with Arnold Schwarzenegger where uh... – Oh, no. Come on. Somebody <laughs> give me the name of it. I forget it off the
3: top. Oh, of the end. toy movie. Yeah, yeah the one with about. the toy. Jingle All the Way, is that what it Jingle, is? Yeah, I the think that's right. with yeah.
0: Uncle Arnie in it, I'm a fan of.
3: That's still an older movie though. It's not a new one though. I don't think there are any good new ones.
0: Home Alone. What about Home Alone? That's a classic.
3: Oh, I love
1: Home Alone. Yeah, that's true. I guess that is a Christmas movie, huh?
3: Only the first one though. The other Uh, ones are awful.
1: That's true. (laughs) Just the first one.
3: The second one's not bad.
1: Good point. Cynthia, if you had to watch Bad Santa or (laughs) Are You Bad Santa? Or Christmas Vacation. (laughs) (laughs) Which do you prefer?
2: Uh, Christmas vacation, no thought there, Christmas vacation, yeah, definitely, yeah, we've always strived to be the Griswolds, haven't quite made it there yet as far as our Christmas lights go, but someday, someday we will do it.
1: All right, sticking with you, Cynthia, what is the busiest day for the U.S. Postal Service in terms of the holiday season? If you had to guess, what's the busiest day?
2: I would say December 21st.
1: Very close. December 16th. That was oh. a tough one. Wow. Yeah, I didn't expect you to know that. That's okay. Dan, true or false? Alaska has a town named North Pole. True. Wow. It is That's true. Easy,
0: right. Yeah, of course. Um. <laughs>
1: and since we're on random facts like that, there are other holiday cities including Santa Claus, Indiana, Santa Claus, Georgia, Rudolph, Wisconsin, and Dasher, Georgia. Mm. So,
0: yeah, for those kids, <laughs> what do you have to say about that? Georgia, yes.
3: Georgia Peach, represent ATL. <laughs> right,
1: holiday trivia for you, sir. Uh-oh. In the Twelve Days of Christmas song, what was the gift given on the fifth day?
3: Five golden rings. Very good. Oh, ding, 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 ding.
1: <laughs> Can you play the bass line? <laughs> <laughs> that kind of sounded like uh, Price is <laughs> Right, actually. <laughs>
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know, you know when, they, when they get the answer wrong, you know. <laughs> <laughs> We're having a little bit of fun here, and that's cool, but we do want to talk about some serious stuff, so... Let's just stay with you, Joe. You are the co-host of the Entrepreneur Showdown podcast. What compelled you to start the Entrepreneur Showdown podcast?
3: Well, there's a couple things. One was that a lot of the podcasts out there, we found were very much the same. They all sounded the same. They had the same guests who asked asked the same questions to them. And so when I first started talking with Dan, that was the thing that we both had an issue with. And so we knew we had to figure out first because we like wanted to do a podcast. Like I had done one by myself and I'd recorded just a couple episodes and I realized it sucked, so I never released them.
1: Joe, I I do think we lost you, but that doesn't mean we don't like you. We'll skip over to Dan. So Dan, we were talking about some of the reasons that, that you guys started the Entrepreneur Showdown podcast. And as Joe mentioned, you know, there's a lot of really good podcasts that are focused on business and interviewing entrepreneurs. And you and Joe found a very creative and unique format for interviewing entrepreneurs. Would you be willing to talk about the format for your show and maybe uh, what was the mindset behind that and maybe some feedback you've received from doing that?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And first, I got to say, Jared, you've kind of done somewhat of the same thing. You've found a way to interview a lot of these quote-unquote famous internet business people that show up on a lot of the other podcasts. But you're getting different information out of them. You're talking to them about different things. You're getting a little fun with it, which we all like to have a little bit of fun. So our goal was to do kind of the same thing, to interview a lot of these same people that everyone knows and loves, but really just get some different tactical information, different conceptual information, just something different. So what we did was we said, okay, as opposed to bringing on a guest and just starting the conversation with, hey, why don't you tell me a little bit about your background or how you got started or just that generic question that everybody starts their interview with, We decided, hey, let's ask about a specific piece of content. So we pick out either a podcast, a book, a blog post, some kind of content produced by our guest. And Joe and I start the show by breaking down that piece of content between ourselves. So if it's a blog post about networking. Joe and I will talk about that specific networking topic between ourselves and then after we do that then we'll bring on the guest to talk about that specific piece of content he created and then the interview free flows from there and then we can talk about any variety of things with that guest but just the fact that we start the interview at a different place as I was saying just a completely different interview out of the people new information new content and that's really what we do and that's kind of how we decided on that format was just to do something
1: different I've enjoyed your podcast, and one of the things that stuck out to me before I even listened to your show is the artwork that you do for your podcast. And if anybody has not seen Entrepreneur Showdown, I would definitely encourage them to go to entrepreneurshowdown.com and check that out. Dan, what compelled you to do the artwork for your show, the way that you do it? Kind of like a twisted mind, I think I would say. <laughs> just, uh, we were just, Sounds we're like just kind
0: of sticking with that same concept of just being different. A lot of people, you know, if you Google... Andrew Warner podcast, you see a bunch of different of that same, his same profile picture, the top image on Google images. Everyone that has Andrew Warner as a guest will just take that same picture. Same with Pat Flynn. Uh, Mm -hmm. So we just said, okay, so the first thing we're definitely not going to do is use the exact same picture everyone else does. Now, what can we do and our theme of our podcast is kind of a boxing match or a wrestling match or some kind of we have round one round two the main event we have all the sound effects that go with it so our whole idea was what can we do with our images to kind of convey that same stick with that same theme and our first few sets of images were joe and i dressed in like mma fighting clothes and Our guest is the referee in between us with the stripes and kind of holding us apart. And then uh, now our current images are Joe and I are dressed as Lucha Libre masked uh, Mexican wrestlers. And then we have the uh, referee dressed a little differently. So I don't know what our uh, next iteration of this show graphic (laughs) is going to be. But uh, we'll definitely try to keep it fun and uh, entertaining.
1: Yeah, and all of your guests are always surprisingly overly buff. So... (laughs) (laughs)
0: Almost
3: all of them, almost all of them.
0: There's a few that for some reason our graphic guy didn't care to be too kind to,
1: but uh, we (laughs) will. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, there's a couple chubby ones. That's some homework for the (laughs) listeners. Uh, Cynthia, you have a podcast as well. Would you be willing to tell the audience just a little bit about the Oh So Pinteresting podcast?
2: Sure, sure. Um, I launched the podcast this February, so it's it's a relatively new podcast. I'm getting up to my year-long, I guess, podcasting venture here, um, and it's about what people are doing with Pinterest, what you know, experiences they have, what they've found. Um, kind of along the same lines as um, you guys. I wanted to do something a little bit different. Um, I didn't want to go after the big agencies doing these huge, massive campaigns with you know graphic artists and photographers, you know, at their whim to, to make these images that people are sharing on Pinterest. I wanted to talk to smaller business owners, people who are doing it on their own um, or the owners of businesses or companies who help people do it on their own or, or who are making tools for Pinterest, that type of thing. Um, pretty much just to help my audience learn how to use Pinterest to market their business.
1: Well said. Now, it's possible that there's people who are in the audience right now who have just started a podcast or they're thinking about starting a podcast. What encouragement or what advice would you have for that person, Cynthia?
2: Just start doing it, really. Um, I had considered starting a podcast about six months before, actually, yeah, exactly six months before I really took it seriously. <laughs> I went to Blog World in New York City June 2012 um, and then went to same conference, then called New Media Expo, uh, January of this year, and it took that long for me to just to kind of work up the nerve, work up the you know the guts. And there was a lot of support that I found at New Media Expo this year, um, and people just saying, you know, just get started, you can do it. Oh, people need to know about that, you know. And it's like if I don't start now, I'm never going to start. Just get it done. Um, I you know was a little intimidated by the technology, but it wasn't that bad. Um, I do things very simply, I, the simple is better for me, um, you know, I think I could probably improve my sound quality and, and that type of thing, but for right now, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty happy with just, you know, how things are going on the technology side, maybe next year Santa will bring me a, you know, a really nice microphone or something, <laughs> um, but yeah, just get going, just get going and um, have fun, I mean, I, I can tell when I l- listen back to my, you know, especially my first and, and second episode, I was so nervous and so so scared, and, and even the, the couple of glasses of wine I had <laughs> before I started recording didn't help. Um, no. But uh, yeah, you know. But <laughs> but now, hey, who needs the wine? Let's just go. Let's have fun. Um, and I'm really enjoying it. Actually, I enjoy it a little bit more than I do blogging. So,
1: awesome, uh, Joe. When Entrepreneur Showdown was launched at least from my perspective, I had not even met you guys yet, but I saw your podcast in iTunes. It was very visible. Did you and Dan have a strategy when you launched your show or did you just put it out there?
3: Uh, I think Dan may disagree, but when we started talking about the show, the time that we even like mentioned the idea of the show and to start recording was probably like two weeks or so. So we kind of just hit the ground running and we knew that if if we spent too much time dragging our feet, then we'd start overthinking it, and then we'd overanalyze everything, which most people will do anyway. So, if you just start and just, just stumble around for a while, which is what we kind of did. I mean, we've only been up for, uh, what, five months or so, not even yet. And so, you're going to have that stumble period, which is fine, because that's when you're going to start learning a bunch. Um, so, in the beginning, we didn't have really a plan at all. Our plan was just hey, let's just get as many episodes in the can as we can. Let's make sure we stay new and noteworthy as long as possible. And, of course, we, the images, we wanted those to be cool. But um, our strategy has kind of altered a little bit, and now we're trying different things. We're testing different things, and we're having a lot more fun with it.
1: Right. Uh, Dan, What are wh- wh- if someone in the audience has not listened to your podcast yet, what would be one great first episode that they should check out? Well, you can't go wrong
0: with Ryan Lee. I think Ryan Lee is someone that Mm. the people that know Ryan Lee are really big fans of Ryan Lee. and the people that maybe haven't heard of him, I think that would be a great one to go listen to. Yeah, we've had so many great guests. Joe, what's one, you know, I named Ryan Lee, what's one that you think would be a really good one?
3: I was going to say Ryan Lee, so you took it. (laughs) What
0: about about James Clear? James Clear is another guy that the people that know him, he's kind of a rock star in that space. But some people that I've talked to about him too, they never heard of him, so I think Ryan
3: James. Was clear, clear was yeah, good. James Clear was good. Chris Docker was good too, and mm-hmm. he actually he called me the A word on our own show. So you won't, you may want to just go check it out <laughs> for that reason. Well, see,
0: and, and if you haven't realized by now, he called Joe's you awesome. Of, uh,
3: <laughs> no, it wasn't that a word?
0: Joe's the Joker of the crew. If you guys haven't uh, picked that up by now, with the guitarist <laughs> and the singing. <laughs> but yeah, Joe liked to pick on uh, Chris Ducker because I guess he had, had just had a birthday and Joe called him out on getting really old. And um, uh. What was it, Joe? He looked like somebody that you were picking
3: on him. Don't, don't give it away. Make them go listen to <laughs> Okay, yeah, you're going to have to go listen
0: to see why, uh, why yeah, Joe might downloads. not make it through the full three days of uh, NMX. We'll just put it that way.
1: <laughs> yeah, he's got a mark on my head that he's coming after me. We might have an actual entrepreneur showdown. <laughs> Alex. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, Cynthia, what's one of your favorite episodes of your show?
2: Mine would be episode, I think it's nine and 10. I think those are the right numbers where I walked a photographer through. Uh, he's a photographer in Australia, has his own wedding photography business in the wedding industry there. And we talked about getting his business and how he would use it and set it all up on Pinterest. And we went through an hour long, I guess, conversation doing that. So it split up into two episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, that's really, I guess, my most frequently requested type of information. Where do I go when I need to get started? So I always send them back to that. So yeah, that would be it for me.
1: Episodes 9 and 10, and that yes. specifically is is getting started on Pinterest for from a business perspective?
2: Uh, for photography. Okay. But overall, in general, most of the concepts apply to any type of business. Some of the concepts on Pinterest are pretty much universal no matter what kind of business you are. As far as getting started. He asked some questions that would actually be a little bit more appropriate for maybe local-based business, since he is a local-based business. That would be my favorite one. It was my first time that I interviewed another podcaster, so it was cool to have somebody else on the line that actually kind of understood the whole podcasting thing, too, so that was pretty memorable for me. Uh,
1: definitely. Now, you mentioned earlier NMX. You're actually going to be at NMX. You're going to be speaking at NMX. Congratulations on that. Uh, could you tell the audience what you're speaking about at New Media Expo?
2: Thanks, thanks. Yeah, I'm really, really excited about it. Um, I am going to be speaking about Pinterest, big surprise there. Yeah, who'd have thought? Um, yeah, this is going to be kind of a more intermediate level, advanced kind of approach to Pinterest and some things that you could do to help grow your presence on Pinterest after you've launched your account and you kind of gotten familiar with the platform. Um, I have just kind of I've been making the final touches to my presentation. I can't believe it's just you know, gosh, not just a little bit more than a month away, you know. Um, yeah. And I'm speaking on the very first day at two o'clock in the afternoon. I'm so glad they put me in the afternoon. I'm not a good morning person, um, so I was happy for that, uh, but I, I'm really, really looking forward to it. I, I'm actually doing, trying to be really creative because I know at New Media Expo, there's just so much information given at that conference that I wanted to make sure that my presentation was engaging and informative and to, to make it the best that I could be, so I'm really, really excited to get it going.
1: Excellent. Now Dan and Joe, you're not in, you're no strangers to the stage as well. In fact, you guys just recently did a session at Podcamp Dallas. What was your session about at Podcamp Dallas and what were some of the takeaways from that? Dan, Joe, either one.
0: Head it Dan. Well, first of all, I got to say, I don't know how good it was, but someone that was in the audience, uh, Cynthia, she might be able to give us a thumbs up, thumbs down, or thumbs in the middle for that one. (laughs) There you go. Two thumbs up, one for each of us. (laughs) So really, our podcast was our our talk at PodCamp, and for anyone who doesn't know, PodCamp is kind of like a, similar to a TEDx type talk, Uh, it's kind of a grassroots event that you're able to host in your own town. Um, And it was put on by Gary Leland, who goes way back in the podcasting game in in Dallas. And uh, anyways, Joe and I gave a presentation about broadcasting podcast with a co-host and kind of the benefits of working with someone else and leveraging one another uh, to produce a better podcast. And a lot of what we talked about translated not only to working as a a partnership in a podcast, but just business in general, ways to leverage each other, ways to leverage your time, ways to... Maybe uh, play off one another, not only in the podcast, but in your business. Uh, use each other for networking. So that's really what our talk was about. And there's some things that we learned from our, that presentation that I think maybe we can use to improve it. Because I think that's maybe a topic that isn't talked about a lot, You know, not only in podcasting, but just in talks in general. And that's working together with someone. But teamwork is huge. Not only one-on-one teamwork, but just working. You have a group of people working below you or... If you're working for somebody, I think some a lot of the things we talked about can be used by a lot of different people. So I think it was a good presentation and one that we'll probably give again.
1: Joe, one of the big topics on the show that I do is about overcoming self-doubt. What does it mean to you to overcome self-doubt?
3: I would say when you basically you start choosing yourself as, I guess, how would you word it? A lot of people, they go through life and they they think that life just happens to them and that everything... That if someone's really lucky that they that luck happened to them and if you're unhappy and whatever that happened to you, and they don't think about that all the choices that you make all stem from the mindset that you have and the thought process that you have the if you analyzing your choices how how you go through life thinking about okay. I need to think of everything that I do as an entrepreneur, and, and there's a great book called The Startup of You by Reid Hoffman, which talks about this a lot, so I would definitely recommend that, but every circumstance of your life, whether you're in a job or you're starting a business or you're just starting a side project, you have to think of everything as an entrepreneur that you're the one controlling it and you're the one building entrepreneurs are builders and even if maybe you're in a job at the moment you're still in a position that you can build something and that's what people who are successful they're good at building stuff and they enjoy building it it doesn't have to be the next apple it could just be something really small but something that has an effect on people and when you start building things and even when you fail you still feel good because you took that step to, to try and build something that has some meaning to it, so when you start trying to build something, that doubt starts to go away, because you'll start seeing results, you'll start, people will come out of the woodworks and say, hey, I'm glad uh, what you're doing, like people have said that for us with our show, I like what you're doing, keep it up, you're doing a great thing, just that kind of stuff, and then we've had people that say that, hey, this show is a little more You take people by surprise, you try and throw them under the bus, as one person put it. And maybe they can think like that, but there's a lot of other people are saying that we're doing something good. That'll overcome your self-doubt.
1: Cynthia, you left a stable career as a nurse. Did you have any self-doubt in making the decision to leave your day job to become an entrepreneur?
2: Oh my gosh, yes. Yes, so much doubt. As I started this Pinterest business, I never knew what it would turn into and I really didn't have any long-term plans. I really didn't have it all planned out. Um, I didn't do the right thing, if you will, and create a a business plan and that kind of stuff. Um, I just kind of almost fell into it and it started to grow and it started to show potential and things were changing where I was working and my husband's job changed and there was a lot of change going on it's like well if I'm gonna leave my job right now would be okay and then maybe if I dedicate more time to this business I can actually do something with it but I had spent a lot of time and a lot of money going to nursing school to get my degree I got my degree after my children were born, so there were times that I couldn't be there for them or I had to study and take out student loans and, you know, all that kind of stuff to get this degree for this career. So there were a lot of big doubts and had to have a lot of deep conversations with my husband and had to really think and ponder and even things start to get rough for me now. It's like, oh, did I make the right decision? And should I go back? Should I? You know, it still happened.
1: Dan, you are a former professional wrestler. What are some lessons that you learned from wrestling that are applicable to entrepreneurs?
0: Oh man, it's a hustle. A lot of Mm -hmm. what we did, the people that wanted to make money at the level I was at, and that's maybe an episode for someone to listen to if they're actually for some reason interested in my background as a professional wrestler, is Joe actually interviewed me for one of our uh, Entrepreneur Showdown Presents series. And the level I was at was kind of, it was the minor leagues. And a lot of what we did was travel from town to town to town three, four nights a week, and you know wrestle for more or less chump change and perform for this chump change. Uh, but a lot of the money we could make was through merchandising and selling products, whether it was mm. T-shirts, photographs, autographs, Polaroid pictures, all these things that uh, were kind of multiple streams of income that were in addition to what we were being brought to these different towns to do. If we wanted to make any money, maybe even just break even if we were lucky – in some situations actually come out ahead, we had to really hustle with this merchandise and, and learn to promote it to people and promote ourselves online so that people from these small little towns would come out and see us and then buy our products and make us some money. So kind of the not-in-the-ring aspect of the wrestling wasn't really entrepreneurial, but outside and trying to make something happen you know, around what we were doing. That was kind of the entrepreneurial aspect of it.
1: Joe, back to you. What advice do you have for the person in the audience who is working a day job, but they're interested in the possibility of starting a business on the side.
3: Well, that's what we're doing right now, so I'm the perfect person to to ask
1: that question for. (laughs) Thank you for being (laughs) humble, too, I appreciate that.
3: (laughs) Well, first, I think if you're in a position where, like I like what I do at work, like we do accounting work, and I enjoy doing that, I like numbers. You gotta create some urgency, which is something that I'm still working on, because you're in that comfortable spot, and you enjoy what you're doing, you have to create a sense of urgency that I need to build this up faster. Because you always hear the stories about people who, oh, they started a business just so they could quit their job and so they had that urgency to get out. So uh, depending on what circumstance you're in, you got to find a way to create that urgency. And so a way like we're doing that is we're talking with a lot more people that have done that and have started something on the side first and then, now do it full time and so I think that's the most important thing because if you don't have that urgency then you get complacent after a while and then you
1: start not to care. (laughs) Cynthia, you have a unique perspective here because you've lived this. You've been there, done that. So what recommendations do you have for the person who's really close to making that decision or or is wanting to make that jump?
2: I guess if you're really wanting to make that jump, then you kind of have to dive in head first and kind of really just put all of yourself in it. When I was at my job and then coming home and then working on the blog and that type of stuff, there there was weeks and weeks that I didn't watch a single TV episode. There was weeks and weeks that I didn't go out to the movies or, you know, really do a lot of fun stuff. It was all focused on learning, 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 and that's kind of my OCD personality too. Once I really get into something, I just dive in and I don't let go. So I just kind of took over, and every now and then I had to give myself a little reality check. It's like, okay, my kids do need to eat dinner. I got to go make dinner. I, you know, that kind of stuff. Starve them? Well, yeah, they're, you know, they're older. They know where the kitchen is. You know, I, mean, it, it, I mean that's putting it to the extreme but you know there were some times where he was like oh let's just pick up takeout on the way home so I could have an extra 30 minutes to do something else you know. Um, so that's still a battle for me to kind of keep the balance because I do want this to succeed and I do want to put as much time as I can to you know into learning more about having a business and running the business and creating content for my business. It is pretty time intensive so if somebody's really there I guess they have to, you know, and if they're really wanting to make that transition really quickly, I guess they have to be prepared for that. And their family has to be prepared for that if they have a family. I think, you know, people who are are younger and don't have kids or, you know, aren't married yet or whatever actually have the best opportunity overall. I'm trying to actually encourage my college-age daughters to just, like, do it now. Whatever you need to do, do it now before, you know, your time is pulled in a lot of different directions.
3: How do you balance that? Because... I know a lot of people that use that as an excuse as, hey, I have kids. And then you also hear the stories about, I don't know, like Elon Musk who sees his kids, like, I don't know, five hours a week, and that's what he allots to them. <laughs> what do you do to, like, make sure that they still know that mommy loves them? <laughs> and, <laughs>
2: Good question. There, I don't know. They're teenagers, so I don't know if they really care about that so much right now.
1: <laughs> well, <laughs> so it's, it's actually
2: me. It's actually me asking for their time right now. But what I do is I do make sure, okay, that you know, Friday evenings, nothing, and then okay, I'll work a little bit Saturday morning, but Saturday afternoons is for the family. Sundays, all day Sunday until maybe late Sunday night is for the family, and I try to kind of set some time aside just so I know. And and I also need that break too. I mean, I found out that I work better that I think better that I function better if I'm rested and I do have some time to just step away from it all. Today was kind of one of those days I had a few hours between something I finished up earlier this afternoon and some time before we started this and I could have been working on a blog post or something else I needed to do some writing I really needed to get to but my brain was just like fried. There was nothing yeah. there and I could have spent 2 hours killing myself trying to type up 10 words in those couple of hours, but instead I just that's okay, that's enough. I just need to take a break and you know I actually did watch a TV show with my daughter. So it's and I think that's been a lesson that I've had to kind of find that balance too.
1: Dan, what advice do you have for someone who is in the process of figuring out their niche?
0: <laughs> Cynthia, are you laughing at the start? Yes.
2: Of <laughs> yes. Going on the- I'm going I'm to get the worst mother of the year award. I'll, I'll go bring them all out. They're all healthy, I promise. <laughs>
0: So, finding your niche, well...
1: Do you need to I tag know. Joe? Yeah,
0: tag Joe. What do you think? You're you're good at this stuff.
1: Finding your ni-
3: niche. Well, niche.
0: first of all, Jared, why do you say it that way? Come on now. <laughs> <laughs>
1: you're not you're from from it's the holidays. Like,
0: you're not from Europe. Come on. <laughs>
1: I'm trying to be respectful to our European audience today.
3: <laughs>
0: Joe, niche.
3: Niche. The ideas that I've tested, they all come from... More problems that I've ran into. So, like an example that I had that I used that did turned out to be a dead end. Like recently, I had to buy shirts. My wife is making me get a new wardrobe, so I had to get some shirts. And I had, I. I <laughs> she always tries to do that. So I was like, "You got to buy more shirts." Okay. And um. <laughs> and so I went online and I had to go to like all these different websites, like Kohl's, J.C. Macy's, all that jibber jab and I was like why can't there just be one website that has just has it all like has Kohl's has JC Penney and then you can pick and choose and whatnot and so I sent some emails out to some people and I also put up like a core question and said hey like is this a viable idea to build something like this and one guy he wrote like a huge answer and he he basically said no it's he in short words he said no it's not a good idea and it's most of those like big companies wouldn't let you do that anyway so that's just a long story short, and it turns out to be a dead end. That's just a way that you can deconstruct your ideas, but that came from just a problem that I had, and most of the the ones that I test are just from problems that I have.
1: Did he call you the A-word? No. That's I good.
3: told only Chris Ducker is allowed
1: to call me that. <laughs> oh, fair <laughs> enough. Uh, Cynthia... One of the things that I'm noticing is that not a lot of us male content creators, aspiring entrepreneurs, are always very good at marketing toward women. Do you have any advice for male listeners out there who want to improve the way they market toward women?
2: I think that you're doing a good job marketing towards women. I mean... (laughs) (laughs) I mean, unless you guys are going after the typical Bud Light bar girl beer type of advertising and in, in the things that you do or marketing that you do, then some women are okay with that. Actually, I find it a little bit hard on my end to not be too feminine. To not make things too cutesy or to not use too soft a colors, you know, that appeal to me and to try to make things more masculine or more gender gender neutral. I guess maybe that's just the best way to try to approach it, try to be gender neutral. But really, you know, I think you should just stick to who you are, you know, when you come down to it. I think you're representing your personality well, your brand well, you know, that type of thing. And and I guess unless you're really going to go over the top and take the
1: bar scene type of,
2: you know, approach to advertising, I think you're doing okay.
1: Which might be fun for a future mashup. So yeah. Really throw that out there. <laughs> all right, we'll start to wrap this up. Just real quick, I'm going to go to all three of you. Uh, if, if each of you just name someone or someone who's doing something that interests you. Joe, go ahead.
3: Here, come back to me. I have to think about it.
1: All right, I okay. can jump in here. I'll save this one. And this
0: is, it's Jeff Bezos from Amazon. And if anyone, at the time of this recording, uh, this past Sunday, Jeff was featured on 60 Minutes and all week they were promoting this big secret Amazon project that Jeff was going to reveal on the 60 Minutes TV show, and it was creating a lot of buzz on the Internet during all the NFL games that day. They kept showing this promo of uh, Jeff saying, well, here it is, and the host saying, oh, my gosh, this is the most amazing thing ever. And anything that know, anyone that knows anything about Amazon or Jeff Bezos is a lot of what he does and what Amazon does, they keep it real tightly under wraps until just the, right when they're about to implement, a lot like Apple does and a lot of these other companies. So for him to reveal this big top secret experiment that they're working on when it's in the development stages is really out of character for him. But what it was was it's just this drone that flies packages to people. So if you order a book from Amazon, they'll uh, instead of putting it on the UPS truck and getting in it in two days, it'll fly to you and get to you in an hour or so. Um, wow. Kind of really wacky thing. But it soon came out that a lot of people were like, wait. It makes perfect sense. This is the Sunday leading into cyber, right before Cyber Monday, leading into the holiday season. All Jeff Bezos was doing was trying to steal the market's attention for Cyber Monday. So, okay, here's some crazy, wacky idea that's really years and years in the future. It's nothing that's immediate at all. But what he's done is he's taken over primetime TV. He basically took over NFL Sunday, the big commercials during the NFL uh, weekend, and he used that whole show as a big advertisement for Amazon and it's genius and there you go Jeff Bezos is doing something right which isn't anything new but that's the latest thing (laughs) he's done that's uh, really smart. Sure,
1: Cynthia?
2: Well I'm gonna not quite go so big and right now somebody that's caught my attention has been Martin Shervington and he is a Mm -hmm. Google Plus person Um, and he is really kind of one of many Google plus people who are training and kind of teaching about that kind of stuff. but he's put together a team of other Google plus people. And I really like that approach of, of working together instead of trying to compete against each other. So he has some great tutorial videos, that type of thing. I'm keeping an eye on him and seeing what he's up to.
3: No,
1: that sounds great.
3: Joe. I got one. I've been following, we a lot of James Altucher's work. He's a, he's bought and sold a lot of companies for millions of dollars, but right now he just does a lot of writing. And he just released a book called Choose Yourself, which is a really good book. It's only two bucks on Amazon, so you might as well go get it. But also every Thursday, I think like 2.30 or something, he does a and a on Twitter. I always like to get involved in that because he always has a lot of interesting things to say, and there's always a lot of interesting questions. So James Altucher is probably the one I'm interested in right now.
1: Excellent. Joe and Dan, what are some things that the audience can expect from our session, our Google Hangout next week?
3: I mean, we have a unique format for our show, so I mean, if you've heard our show, you kind of know how it goes, but we like to ask hardball questions, and but we also like to talk about content pieces that the people that we talk to, which would be Jared and Cynthia next week, a piece that they'd written. So we'll probably grab something of theirs and talk about it for a couple minutes and then discuss it and go a little deeper in their thought process. And It's always a fun time, and hopefully they won't call us names at the end.
0: By there, are you talking about our uh, mashup co-host?
3: <laughs> yes, exactly. Okay.
0: Yeah, okay. We, uh, we always start off talking amongst each other, so Joe and I might have an abbreviated round one and then bring you guys in to mash it up in the main event.
1: Well, I, I think Cynthia and I will have some creative names for Joe for that.
2: Yeah, we'll put our heads together and come up <laughs> with something. for <laughs> him.
1: Cynthia, do you have any final thoughts for our session today?
2: To kind of keep true to your show and about starving the doubts, I think just to kind of share my experience a little bit, hopefully it'll be helpful to somebody. They do pop up, they will be there, but you kind of have to keep them in perspective. And I try to do that. It's a challenge. And I think that's one thing that I've learned. I think I wouldn't have been able to do what I'm doing now 10 years ago because I've learned so much from my kids and watching kids go through high school is almost as torturous as you going through high school. You have a different perspective. You know that stuff just doesn't really matter. So I kind of try to keep them in mind and what they're going through and you know, kind of put that same thought process to myself and what I'm going through. It's like, does this really matter? You know, if somebody thinks my podcast is awful, does it really matter? Does it really change my life? No. So go ahead and do it. Have fun with it and enjoy.
1: Excellent. Cynthia, Dan, and Joe, thank you for being a part of tonight's holiday mashup. We're looking forward to reconnecting next week.
0: Yeah, so uh, for those of you listening, we'd um, love to have you back. If you have any questions feel free to leave them on the group page and we have the question and answer toolbar going and i think it's probably on a little bit of delay so if you ask questions now we might already have wrapped this up but make sure to join us next week same time same place go to holidaymashup.net for the link to register and we hope to see everyone back next week and uh, tell your friends and they can join us as well anyone else have anything left to say
1: do you anticipate we'll be able to answer some of the questions on the page next week perhaps
0: the only question okay. we got was from Ellery. Uh, we all know all Ellery, right. our good friend. He asked about Cynthia's transition from going from a full-time employee to becoming the superstar that she is today. Aww. And um, yeah. you actually asked that in the course of the interview, so we got to that. But, yeah, we talked about kind of leaving the time at the end of this session to answer any questions that came up. We can do that next week if anyone has any additional interaction they want to Cool
2: join in on. I do want to say one thing before I go. There's a lot of stuff going on on the live Google Hangouts page saying about starving the children. I promise my children never <laughs> starved. <laughs> they may have had to wait an extra 10 minutes but they never starved.
0: Wow. And I also oh, heard something God. about you referring to the family. The in family. And you know you got the, the Godfather picture showing up. On yes.
2: yes. Yeah. Now, now you know I, I might want to keep that one. You know? The
1: Godfather. You know? <laughs> wow love it that's a, that's a repin <laughs>
2: there definitely <laughs> yep.
1: sweet thanks guys well good deal that wraps up this week's holiday mashup and we'll see you again next week adios happy happy holidays <laughs>
2: was weeks and weeks that I didn't go out to the movies or you know really do a lot of fun stuff. It was all focused on learning, learning, learning and that's kind of my OCD personality too. Once I really get into something, I just dive in and I don't let go. So, I just kind of took over and every now and then I had to give myself a little reality check. It's like, okay, my kids do need to eat dinner. I got to go make dinner. <laughs> I you know that you kind starve of stuff. Them? Well, yeah, they're you know, they're older. They know where the kitchen is.